Utah Midland. This is Sports Radio 100.9, The Mix. You've waited patiently all day. All week. They were patient. They didn't get rushed. But Great Lakes Bay region, we finally arrived at the payoff from high school. Wizzlick inside with the two-hand flush. To college. Just wait until March, bro. To the pros. And when they win, not if. When they win. We cover everything a Michigan sports fan could want. This is uncharted territory. And now, here they are. It's the payoff. Wednesday, let's do this. It's with great shame I come to you today. Uh, We've got a problem, ladies and gentlemen. This is playoff time. This is playoff week. Lions are going to do something they haven't done in 30 years, something they've never done inside of Ford Field, and that's host a playoff game. And unfortunately, Lions fans are divided right down the middle right now. There's a great controversy going on on what they call social media. Twitter, Facebook, whatever you're on, I'm sure you've seen it. Lions fans are split right down the middle. We've got half people thinking one way, half the people thinking the other way. I'm here to bring everyone together. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you'll get to hear it. But that was the whole premise of the show. Uh, Unfortunately, or fortunately, however you look at it, it's like 20 minutes before the show starts, we get some breaking news. There's no way we could go the show without bringing this up. Uh, Nick Saban. Nick Saban out as the Alabama coach. Into retirement he goes. There were some Reddit rumors. There was a lot of stuff going into that Rose Bowl game versus Michigan that was, hey, if Alabama doesn't come out on top, or even if they do this year in the college football playoffs, Nick Saban's going to hang it up. Now, there was no reports about this. There was just rumors. Turns out all those rumors are true. Sometimes those rumors are true, guys. Uh, This is one of those cases. But Nick Saban, I mean... To say he's not one of, no, no, no. To say he's not the greatest college football coach of all time, that'd be silly. I mean, what this man has done throughout four different colleges has been incredible. And even the Michigan State fans of here are are well aware of that. 34 and 24 as Michigan State's head coach. He has his little stunt in Miami with the Dolphins. Didn't go out too well. But, I mean, what Nick Saban has done overall, this doesn't even feel real. 297 and 71. That's his win-loss ratio. 297 wins and only 71 losses. That's a .806 win percentage. And for all the talk about, you know, bowl games don't matter anymore. If you don't make the playoffs, what good is it? Uh, The last nine years before this season, Nick Saban had a postseason win every single year. Eight straight years he had a postseason win. Before this Rose Bowl. That's just unreal stuff. From, I'm just going to say it, the GOAT of college football. He will be missed. College football won't be the same without him. But I'll tell you what. The transfer portal? You thought it was out of control before? There is going to be more talent in that transfer portal over the next 30 days than there ever has been in the history of college football. Now, they'll keep some of their guys depending on who is their next head coach and whether that person is hired from within, whether that person is hired from somewhere else, I guess is to be determined. 
and this news just broke like 25 minutes ago. I don't think anyone has a lead on who that next head coach is going to be. But ironically, just a couple hours ago, guess who else got tossed to the curbside? This one seemed a little more, well, Nick Saban didn't get fired, to be clear. He, he retired. Um, someone who seemed to be forced into retirement earlier today, Pete Carroll. Someone who might be forced into retirement or traded in a matter of days, hours, weeks, who knows. Bill Belichick. Football is changing. Everyone wants a new young coach, whether it's college or the NFL. Everyone wants this new offensive guru. Defense don't matter no more. This is wild stuff. This is a completely different era of football than you knew it, than we knew. But nonetheless, 17 years at Alabama. This is, this is the craziest thing. Um, 206-29 and 29 is his all-time record at Alabama. 16-7 and seven in bowl games. Six national championships. I don't know if anyone will ever touch that. With this new era of college football coming, 12 teams make the playoffs. There's these two super conferences. It's going to be way harder to go undefeated. Might be easier to make the college football playoffs. But to actually win the whole thing, I don't know if anybody's ever touching, touching that record of six, six national championships. So we can do the whole song and dance, whether or not Jim Harbaugh is the one to retire Nick Saban. I think Nick Saban was probably going to retire no matter what after the season. I don't think he would have let the outcome of the Rose Bowl determine if he was going to continue to coach or not. I think he's bigger than that. I think he's accomplished enough to where you can confidently say that game doesn't necessarily matter. But sure, let's do the whole radio thing. Jim Harbaugh retired Nick Saban. It brings you to the question, well, if Nick Saban's gone, if the king has left his throne, who is now sitting on it? Who is now the best coach in college football? There's two acceptable answers, and I think there's a pretty decent argument for either of them. Jim Harbaugh, defending national champion. Three straight Big Ten titles, no coach has ever done that in the history of the conference. Or Kirby Smart, who was kind of the only guy that was able to go toe-to-toe with Nick Saban. Only has two championships, so if you want to say, well, he's better than Jim Harbaugh, sure, go ahead, that's fine. I don't necessarily have a problem with that. If they lost in the playoffs, if they were to make it and then lost to Michigan, it's a different story. But the fact that they didn't even get to defend their title, if you want to still call him the best coach in college football, sure, I have no problem with it. Now, whether or not Jim Harbaugh is a college football coach in a month, to be determined. But if he decides to stay, he put his name on the ballot for best coach in college football. And by the end of next season, it might be 100,000% Jim Harbaugh. There might not be an argument around it if he can win the Big Ten again. I don't know why we still call it the Big Ten Conference when there's going to be 18 teams in it next year. 18 teams in the Big Ten. Doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, lots of great stuff from Nick Saban. Congratulations on a great career. Enjoy Cancun. <laughs> Have some fun on the beach. For once, smile. That would be my retirement advice for Nick Saban. Smile. Uh, anyway, we can move on. Back to regularly scheduled programming. I'll throw out the number 989-837-6125 because we got to come together. It's not right that Detroit Lions fans are divided this week. We have to be together on something. And if you've taken part in any social media or even logged on to Twitter in the last 24 hours, 48 hours, you probably know what I'm talking about. The Stafford family. Oh, do they love to stay in the media, even in Detroit. 
even since he's been traded, they've managed to stay in the media outlets, in the conversations on a daily basis. Somehow his wife is even in conversations. Now, if you... <laughs> I, I, honestly, I don't even want to go there with his wife. Listen, this all started when someone, a fake Lions account, uh, posted a graphic saying, Lions fans are banned from wearing jerseys of Matthew Stafford to the game on Sunday. And a lot of people took to disliking this, saying, well, Matthew Stafford's my favorite quarterback. Matthew Stafford's the only jersey I have. Cool, put a piece of duct tape over it and write Williams on the back. You're laughing. Why is it funny? Why on earth should there be Matthew Stafford jerseys in Ford Field on Sunday? Breaking news, he's the enemy this week. There's a good argument that Matthew Stafford has done just about nothing for Detroit in terms of uh, when you compare him to Jared Goff or Ben Johnson or Dan Campbell or anybody on the team right now. 45,000 passing yards. Woo! How many playoff wins? Zero. How many NFC North banners? Zero. Listen, Matthew Stafford was a really good quarterback. But we turn him into some sort of legend in Detroit. There's this narrative around him that he was this great quarterback, when in reality, he was a good quarterback on a franchise that never really had a great one. So we glorified him. And now there's this whole argument, well, should we go into that game respecting him? Should we go into that game booing him? Should we go into that game cheering him? If you're going to go in and cheer Matthew Stafford on Sunday... If you're lucky enough to go to the game, I will not be there because I'm poor. If you're lucky enough to go to the game and you want to cheer on Matthew Stafford, be ashamed of yourself. Honestly. And you can sit here and say, well, he's one of my favorite players. Guess what? Don't care. Didn't bring us a banner. You're in the way, Matt Stafford. You're in the way of the Lions getting their first ever playoff win Inside of Ford Field. The first playoff win in 30 years. The Lions have one franchise playoff win in the history of their existence in the Super Bowl era. Matt Stafford's in the way of that. Why would we cheer that guy on? How do I put this elegantly? F you, Matt Stafford? No, I, I don't dislike Matt Stafford. I guess I respect what he did here. But I don't feel bad for the guy. He won a Super Bowl. I don't feel bad that he had to sit through misery because I had to sit through that misery too. Matthew Stafford got his ring. He got to move to LA. Why on earth should I feel bad for him? He's in the way of Detroit making history. I will not be cheering this guy on. I will be booing him. If I did get to go to the game, middle fingers would be thrown at him. And you can say, well, that's that's totally out of pocket and disrespectful. I don't care, man. What's on the table on Sunday is bigger than Matt Stafford. It's bigger than any one player. This is about a city. If you're the Lions, if you're a part of the Lions One Pride Nation, how do you want Ford Field to be? What kind of energy atmosphere do you want inside of Ford Field outside of loudness? Everyone has said, Detroit Ford Field has been a very loud atmosphere, difficult to play in. But outside of loud, how do you want it? You want it to be like Philly where it's just toxic? 
Yes. Yes. This is Detroit, man. Welcome to the city. Let's make Matt Stafford uncomfortable. I would boo the crap out of this guy. Say crazy stuff to him. Make him uncomfortable. I don't care. I want a playoff win more than anything else in my life. It's all I want. I would trade in anything for the Lions to win this game. We've sat through misery. So if you want to show up to Ford Field wearing a Matthew Stafford jersey, please, for the love of God, put duct tape over it and write Williams. Do not support this guy going into uh, Sunday's game. There's just, I, I, I don't see the point behind it. Matthew Stafford did nothing for Detroit but give you a couple decent memories in regular season games that were, for the most part, meaningless. What memories did he give you? I'll give you one hint. They're not, they're not going to be as good as if Jared Goff wins a playoff game. Jared Goff's hung a banner in Ford Field. Matthew Stafford is not. Jared Goff could win a playoff game in Ford Field. Matthew Stafford did not. Everyone wants to talk about, well, Stafford gave us so many moments. Everyone brings up that Cleveland game when he hurt his shoulder, came back in. You know what I'm talking about. Comes back in. There's a mic'd up moment. You know what the Lions record was in that game-winning drive? And granted, he had 31 game-winning drives in Detroit. Again, most of which were meaningless. You know what their record was in the last 34 games when he had that game-winning drive versus Cleveland? It was 2-31. and 31. This team was pathetic. He threw for a lot of yards, a lot of touchdowns, a lot of interceptions too. And guess what? Matthew Stafford's career record in Detroit was a win percentage of .45. Any guesses as to what Jared Goff has got his up to now through three seasons? 25, 24, and 1. He now has a better win percentage all time than Matt Stafford does in a Detroit Lions uniform. 989-837-6125. Are we cheering or booing Matt Stafford on Sunday? If you ask me, boo away. 989-837-6125. You're listening to The Payoff, fueled by Forward Energy. Back to The Payoff on the Great Lakes Bay region's home for sports. Yeah, everybody looks good at home. Sports Radio 100.9. The Mitt. Look, I'll set the table once again. Lions fans completely divided down the middle right now. Not necessarily a good thing heading into a playoff game, so I'm here to unite everyone. Matthew Stafford is coming back to Detroit. And he's in the way of the Lions winning their second ever playoff game in the Super Bowl era. The Lions have been a laughing stock of the entire NFL. Hell, all of professional sports. Yeah, they've been the laughing stock, the bottom dwellers. They've got a chance to go get a playoff win. And if we want to play the whole, well, let's, let's play a tribute video for Matthew Stafford. Maybe if this was a regular season game, this is the playoffs, dog. Make this guy uncomfortable. I'm not celebrating anything Matt Stafford did. Honestly, what would the Lions celebrate of something that Matt Stafford did? Congratulations. You had 31 meaningless game-winning drives. You went to the playoffs three times. You lost all three games. And never won an NFC North champion like Jared Goff did. Mmm. Mmm. 989-837-6125. Let's talk about Jared Goff and Matt Stafford for a second. You made a good point during the, the break, Ben. 
Yes, my, my name is Ben. We also have a producer named Ben. Um, he tells me during the break, it's easy to put up passing yards, easy to put up stats when your team's always losing. And you have a guy that you can throw the ball to who's triple teamed and he'll still catch it, him being Megatron. Yeah. Listen, I'm not going to tell you Matt Stafford was a bad quarterback. No, that's, that, that's, that's not what I'm saying. I respect the dude. I don't have to like him, though. I, I would be lying if I said he had done more for this organization than Jared Goff has. Notice how I didn't say city. Sure, you can go donate what, however much charity money to whatever organization in Detroit. That's fine. I'm glad you did that. It's a good thing. Good citizen you are, Matt Stafford. Guess what? I want to win playoff games. I want to win football games. I don't care about that stuff. Sorry, but that's probably how most people feel. I'd much rather win a football game. It brings up the point, okay, if you were a bunch of empty stats guys, then how do you go win a Super Bowl? Matt Stafford's obviously a, a great quarterback. Eh, I don't know if he is. I don't know if he's that much better than Jared Goff. I'll say that. So I started to dive into their numbers a little bit. All right, just this season, let's talk about that. 2023. Jared Goff has thrown for more yards. Jared Goff has thrown for more touchdowns. In fact, he's thrown for 600 more yards and six more touchdowns. Well, you can say, well, Ben, Jared Goff played two more games. All right, let's break it down by per game. Uh, Jared Goff overall on the season has a much better completion percentage than Matt Stafford. Jared Goff, 67% of passes caught. Matt Stafford, only 62. All right, let's look at their touchdown percentage. Jared Goff, five. Matt Stafford, four. Matt Stafford has thrown less picks, but his inter- interception percentage is higher. And guess whose QB rating is higher? Jared Goff. Hmm. Interesting. Well, you can make the argument, well, Matt Stafford, uh, Jared Goff, actually, has a much better system, has the better offensive line. Eh, yeah, he has the better O-line, I'll give you that, but who's got better weapons? It's Matt Stafford. Who's got the better play caller? Ben Johnson's right up there with the best in the league, but it's Sean McVay we're talking about. With a running back who was just third in all of rushing yards in the NFL, Kyron Williams. This is a dude. It's hard to sit here and say, well, Matt Stafford is a significant upgrade than Jared Goff, because honest, to be honest, I don't even know if it's true anymore. If you just look at Who's more aggressive? Well, people can say, well, Jared Goff plays it super safe. And there's a couple numbers you can look at to suggest that's true. For example, yak yards, yards after catch. Amon Ross St. Brown led the league in it this year. Had more yards than everyone else in terms of yards after catch. So naturally, Jared Goff has a lot more yards after catch. So you can work that into the argument that, well, Stafford's more aggressive. He's going to take shots downfield. Actually, that's not true. Jared Goff has the second most pass attempts of 20 plus yards. He has 605 of them this year. Matt Stafford only has 521. So Jared Goff is the more aggressive quarterback. And there's more numbers to back that up. In terms of air yards, Jared Goff still got more of them. And air yards don't even take into consideration whatever a wide receiver does after the catch. Just how long is that ball in the air for? Per completion, Matt Stafford, Jared Goff, guess who's got the better number? Hmm, Jared Goff. All right, let's do it versus pressure. How about that? Jared Goff can't handle anybody's pressure. Jared Goff's only good because he has a great offensive line. Well, versus pressure this year per PFF, 
Jared Goff is completing 51% of his passes, 6.4 yards per attempt. Matt Stafford is completing a measly 43% of his passes on just 6.2 yards per attempt. Huh. So when you get to Matt Stafford, when you pressure him, he's actually worse than when Jared Goff is pressured. Interesting, because the media would tell you when Jared Goff is pressured, he's Mac Jones. Ironically, the Lions in the past four weeks have the six most sacks in the NFL at 13. They've been generating pressure as of, as of late. Thanks, Aaron Glenn. There's a reason he's getting head coaching jobs, or at least interviews. Stafford, one-time Pro Bowler. And that's the end of the resume. In a Detroit Lions uniform. Jared Goff, one-time Pro Bowler. Huh. NFC North champion. He's got a higher all-time passer rating, a lower interception percentage, and a better record as a Lion. You tell me who the better quarterback is. Oh, well, you can say, well, Matthew Stafford is old. Matthew Stafford is on the back end of his career. Well, let's look at just since they've been traded. Let's back up three years. Jared Goff has played seven more games. He's been much more durable. Hasn't missed a game this season. He's thrown for more yards. Has a higher completion percentage. Has thrown for three more touchdowns. And nine less interceptions. That's in the last three years. I'm not even all that convinced if they could do the trade over one for one right now that they would do it. I think Jared Goff has played better football than Matt Stafford the past couple of seasons. And I don't think the Lions are better at all with Matt Stafford right now than they would be with Jared Goff. Matt Stafford's aggressive, but aggressive in a way that can get you into trouble. Like I said, Jared Goff, second in the NFL in terms of 20-plus yard passes down the field. Yet he has a significantly higher completion, completion percentage, whether he's under pressure or not, than Matt Stafford. He's getting more yards per completion than Matt Stafford. Jared Goff right now is better than Matt Stafford. Jared Goff has provided us with a better team than Matt Stafford ever did. You can blame the front office. You can blame the organization. That's fine. It's reality, though. So to sit here and say, well, I want to cheer Matt Stafford in Ford Field. Well, then you're not a Lions fan. You're a Stafford fan. Go root for the NBA. Go find a player in the NBA and just like them. That's not how football works. This is about the Lions. This is about Detroit. This is about a team. 989-837-6125. And don't even get me started on Kelly Stafford. Oh, my God. What a headache. I don't think there should be anyone in Ford Field. It was a joke. The social media post was a joke. It wasn't by the actual Lions that there's going to be a ban on Stafford jerseys in Ford Field. It's not actually true. You can walk into the stadium with a Matthew Stafford jersey. But if I, if I was uh, Sheila Hamp, if I was the Ford family, pff, do it. I don't care. There was a bar that did it. Uh, Thomas and Maggie's, or Thomas Maggie's bar in Detroit. I've never heard of it, but they put a ban on Matthew Stafford jerseys this week. They said, respectfully, do not come into this bar wearing a Stafford jersey. Have a little bit more self-awareness. Have a little bit more, I don't know, rationality behind it. This isn't about Matt Stafford. Boo him. Make him uncomfortable. Give him no support. We don't want this guy to feel comfortable in Ford Field. Could you imagine the stadium you played in for 12 years? You look up and everyone is giving you a middle finger. Now, I'm not suggesting you do that. There's going to be kids in that stadium, for God's sake. Why would you ever swear? 
but you should let him hear it a little bit. Don't let this guy feel comfortable in a stadium he played in for 12 years. Get him rattled. Let's make a name for ourselves as Detroit Lions fans. We don't always have to be the nicest guys in the world. We don't have to be respected. I don't care if people respect it. Let's just go win football games. It's the same way people treated Michigan. I don't care if people respected them. They won a national championship. Well, you cheated. Don't care. Won a national championship. Well, it doesn't really count. Don't care. Won a national championship. It's the same way people view about Philly. Everybody hates Philly fans. But guess what? They love it. They feed into it. The more you hate them, the more toxic they'll get. I'm not saying I want a reputation exactly like Philly's inside of Ford Field for Detroit. But let's make this place a tough place to play for a reason. Let's make people uncomfortable. 989-8376-125. Still got a lot to get to. Uh, We're going to play a little game called Who Said It? That's a little bit later. I've got a lock of the day for you. And... We're going to hit the Frick Sports Bar text line, too. There was one more thing. Maybe I'll remember it. There is something else we'll do. What? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're Wednesday, winners and whiners. We got you guys covered on the payoff, fueled by Forward Energy. We'll hit the text line next. More of the Great Lakes Bay Region's only local sports show. Back to the payoff. All right, we'll get to the text line in just a second. You guys are flooding it, doing a great job. 989-837-6125. It's the Frick Sports Bar text line. One more time, 989-837-6125. We'll get to the text in just a second. First, let's do a Lions injury update. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if we're quite there yet. I think the best way to say it, because I know it'll come up every day, but he's improving. He was out there, walked through. Um, I don't foresee us knowing anything or, or it feeling like we have a real good picture until probably Friday afternoon. But every day we're going to do more with him. But he, he's improving. It's much of the same as yesterday. It's uh, We'll know more later in the week. Obviously, talking about Sam Laporta, who injured his knee. Bone bruise, hyperextension is what he's dealing with. Same thing Travis Kelsey dealt with week one. Timeline, a little bit different. Uh, Travis Kelsey had a lot more time to get back into this into game. He did miss a game. If Sam Laporta plays on Saturday or Sunday, my God. He might just be a superhuman. No, I'm not, I'm not kidding. Like that, that would be a wild turnaround. I don't think anyone should expect him to play. Honestly, to even expect him to play the next week would be crazy. But the fact that he's even out there walking through it, superhuman. Love that dude. Uh, Goff's one of, one of his most reliable targets. Obviously, that goes without saying. But I'm telling you, if you watched every Lions game this year, when push comes to shove at the end of these games, you need a third down. Goff has went to Laporta. It feels like just as much, if not more, than Amon Ross St. Brown. Big guy. Catches everything. Maybe not everything, but you get the picture. Um, we'll have more on that tomorrow. By the way, no show on Friday. So Lions versus Rams preview. That's tomorrow. 989-837-6125. Let's hit this Frick Sports Bar text line. Jeremy from Beaverton. I thought he was dead. Had nothing to say about Michigan winning a national championship because he didn't care about the game. He, had, he did not care at all about this game. After they beat Ohio State, the season did not matter. Still blows my mind, but whatever. You do you, Jeremy. Uh, he says, absolutely on board tonight. Loved Matt when he fought all those years through injury and did everything he could. But as a Lions fan, he deserves nothing but a hostile environment on Sunday. Great take. Absolutely with you, Jeremy. Don't give this guy any out. Let's make this as difficult as possible for him on Sunday. Sorry. Glad you threw for 45,000 yards here, but you are no longer accepted as our sweetheart. 
The only way you are leaving this stadium is with a loss. So let's make this as difficult as possible on him. Uh, 2095 number chiming in. I want the tradition to stay alive of Stafford on the back of jerseys in Ford Field. Why? Why? I want the tradition of losing games, losing playoff games to die. And for that to happen, Matt Stafford has to have a bad game. You do that by making the environment as difficult as possible for him. So get him out of here. Boom. I don't care. If you got vulgar things to say, go ahead. I don't think I'll go as far as that. But hey, you do you. I can't control what you say if you're going to the game. Uh, Michael from Midland chiming in. I believe Stafford and Rams play in Detroit next regular season. Let's celebrate them then. Uh, uh, yeah, they definitely play next year because we play the AFC West. I can't confirm or deny it's in Detroit. I think it is. I think you are right. Um, but for the sake of it, yeah, you're right. Yeah, give him a tribute video then. I have no problem with giving him a tribute video in the regular season. Played a lot of great games. Toughed a lot of them out. But as of right now, I don't care. I just don't care. He should not feel welcome here. There's no reason he should feel welcome in in Ford Field. Uh, Eric from Auburn chiming in. I disagree on not being able. uh, I disagree on not being able to have a single player to root for. As a Michigan fan, I was blessed to be able to root for Brady while all while the Lions were mediocre. (laughs) Uh, You know what, Eric from Auburn? I'm glad you got to jump on the Patriots bandwagon. I'm happy for you that you enjoyed those years. Uh, that's all I'll say there. Um, the 2095 number chiming back in. Leave your name. So give you a little shout out here. Uh, I think he meant to say sacked. The tradition of Stafford being on his back. Oh, I see what you mean. Stafford on his back as in getting sacked. Yeah, let's do it. I don't know if I'm the dumb one or maybe I, maybe I just didn't comprehend that. Yeah, let's, let's get to him. Ben, the producer, is telling me I'm the dumb one for not understanding that one. Yeah, let's get to him. Let's get after him. Make him uncomfortable. I I went through the stats earlier today. When he's under pressure, he's completing 43% of his passes and just 6.2 yards per attempt. If you thought Jared Goff was bad under pressure, this is like next-level stuff. I've had the running joke that Stafford is, or, or Goff is the most immobile quarterback in the NFL which probably remains true. Stafford's not far behind. He's not the guy he used to be. Can't really dodge those sacks like he used to be able to. Iggy from Midland, that's his name. Finally, this guy's been texting us for months and we finally get a name from him. Uh, Thanks for using the Frick Sports Bar text line. You guys can keep chiming in. 989-837-6125. We've still got, guess who said this later on in the show. Uh, We've still got a lock of the day. We hit on ours yesterday. We picked against the Pistons for the first time, even though we should have been doing that all year. We took the Kings minus 11 and a half. That hit had a little scare in the first quarter when the Pistons got out big, but never a doubt. They always like to blow the games late. Uh, We'll give you that later. Has to do with the Pistons game once again on a back-to-back. But first, it's Wednesday. Um, I don't know if this is going to be a Wednesday tradition. We did it last week. I think it was fun. So let's do it again. Winners and whiners. Let's start with a... Let's start with a whiner, Ben. All right. <laughs> uh, first whiner of the day. Jameis Winston. I think I touched on this maybe earlier this week. Did you see this? What Jameis Winston did on the game on Sunday? <laughs> this, is, this is next level stuff. Oh, Jameis Winston is such a character and yet continues to blow our minds every time he gets in front of a microphone. If you don't know what I'm talking about, 
Jameis Winston and the Saints line up in victory formation after thrashing, stomping on the Atlanta Falcons in the second half. Jameis Winston decides, you know what? Instead of taking a knee, like my coach Dennis Allen told me to, (laughs) I'm actually just going to call for an audible. And we're going to run this ball and get our guy Jamal Williams a touchdown, who hadn't scored at all. Huh. Led the league in touchdowns last year in a Lions uniform? Walks away and doesn't score a single touchdown until week 18. Jameis Winston just (laughs) said he did it for the team. If you guys want to look up that video, it's... It's mind-blowing, the lack of self-awareness he has. It's crazy. How about a winner? Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Uh, Aaron Glenn. This guy was being buried by guys like me midway through the season. Anyone in Detroit sports media has taken a shot at this guy once in a while, or at some point. Uh, Titans, Chargers, Commanders. All interested in hiring Aaron Glenn as their next head coach. At least they're getting him in the building. Now everyone's like, well, how, how the hell is that happening? Well, if you look at the Lions personnel... He hasn't had much to work with in the past three years. Look at that roster he inherited in 2021. Like Michael Brockers is like the most well-known guy. Like Alex Anzalone. It's rough. That was before Hutch. That was before CJ. That was like Jeff Okuda and Amani Awarie starting as your corners. If you think it's bad now. You guys remember two years ago? Uh, And by the way, I don't know if everyone knows this. If Aaron Glenn gets hired as the head coach, the Lions will get not one, but two different third-round picks. 989-837-6125. How about another whiner? (laughs) This one's funny. I don't know if you've seen this one, Ben. Isaiah Livers? If you go on Twitter, go to Isaiah Livers likes. Go to his account and go to likes. Maybe he's deleted them all by now. Uh, There's a whiner for you. Pretty funny. Won't get into it. How about another winner? Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Uh, Thomas and Maggie's, the restaurant in Detroit, banning all Matthew Stafford jerseys. We already talked about it. I love it. How about a whiner? Uh, Robert Kraft. Really? We're going to get rid of Bill Belichick after six different Super Bowls? It sounds like Bill Belichick is willing to take a less role and not be the GM next year if it means he can continue to be the coach. And I think that would probably be the right move. Patriots have missed in the last three drafts. So why are you letting this guy who's on the verge of being 73 years old, 72 years old. Why are you letting him make, why, why are you letting him be the GM and the coach? It never works. Didn't work with Stan Van Gundy. Remember that? It's too much power for one guy, especially a guy in his 70s. But you don't need to fire him as your coach. So, Robert Kraft, you're a whiner for today. Uh, how about another winner? Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Jared Goff, he could have taken the bait so many times on, well, I want to get back in my former team. I want to get back at Sean McVay for dumping us. I want to be the guy to take out Matt Stafford. No, he is as he has all season long as he had, as he has since he's shown up to Detroit, everything's about the team. Everything's about the city. He said, I've won playoff games before. I want to do this more than anybody else, but I want to be a part of something special for this city. That's bigger than anything I can do individually. Love that guy. That's QB one in Detroit right there. Uh, How about a whiner? (laughs) Kelly Stafford. (laughs) Yeah. Keep doing it. She sucks. If anyone's interested, she respects Dan Campbell, but disagrees with his decisions to play the starters last Sunday. I disagree with your decisions to ever speak your mind on social media, Kelly Stafford. How about a winner? Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Um, you know what? Let's do JJ McCarthy. He has shot up draft boards in the past week. 
This was a guy who midway through the season was like, eh, maybe he'll go in the second round if he's lucky. He's going to be a first-round pick. If he decides to go to the NFL, which I think he will, he's going to be a first-round pick, especially if Harbaugh is coaching the Raiders or the Falcons or the Commanders. J.J. McCarthy is going to be drafted in the first round. You heard it here first. Weiner. Um, how about the NFL PA? So NFL Players Association, they get part of the vote for all pro teams, right? The, their all pro list comes out today. And again, I just continue to ask myself, how is Pinay Sewell not on this thing? He wasn't a starter in the Pro Bowl either. Tell me, someone needs to tell me why Lane Johnson is being listed ahead of Pinay Sewell and all this stuff. He's just not been better than Pinay Sewell this year at all. Go look at any PFF metric. Pinay Sewell has allowed less sacks. Pinay Sewell has allowed less pressures. Pinay Sewell has a higher run. He's done everything better. Pinay Sewell's had a perfect season. He's been the best right tackle in the NFL. So I just don't understand why there's offensive tackles uh, listed ahead of him in Pro Bowl and All-Pro voting. Uh, let's do one more winner and call it a day on this. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Uh, Jim Harbaugh. Want to know why? He's a national champion. Plain and simple. Uh, all right. Got a little bit of time left together. I've got an audio clip that we're going to play next. You guys have to guess who it is. You guys can continue to text in on the Frick Sports Bar text line, 989-837-6125. We'll hit it next on the payoff, fueled by Forward Energy. Let's say Happy New Year to everybody. It's a great way to start the new year. The payoff continues. More from the Great Lakes Bay region's home for sports. Sports Radio 100.9, The Mitt. All right, let's hit the Frick Sports Bar text line, and then we'll get to a little game called Who Said It? Uh, Kyle Shanahan, just kidding. Kyle Callahan chiming in. Uh, he said, Stafford is nothing more than an enemy standing between us and what we want. He's not one of us anymore. Completely agree. He goes on to say the biggest whiner of the day is Kelly Stafford, who's <laughs> complaining because the Lions will not give her a suite on Sunday. Yeah, I don't think they should. You gotta go. You gotta go deal with the Detroit Lions fans in the stands, Kelly Stafford. Sorry, you're not the princess of Detroit anymore. You really don't like Kelly Stafford, do you, Ben? Go ahead. Let's, how about we have producer Ben Clevenger make his debut? I didn't tell anybody we were doing this. Uh, station manager doesn't even know we're doing this. Shout out Brad Tunney. Ben, let's make your debut. You don't like. Thanks. Go ahead. Go ahead. You don't like. You don't like Kelly Stafford, do you? I I don't. I personally. Just want to say, I don't like when any NFL wife gives their input on the game. Oh, boy. Um, it, it just It's all fun and games until Taylor Swift starts talking about uh, Andy Reid's decisions on, <laughs> on, on how he manages Travis Kelsey. Then I'm done. Then I'm just done watching football. I just think it makes the player look bad. Like, you see it with Patrick Mahomes and his wife and obviously Jackson Mahomes. Uh, all right. We're going to be done there. You're cut off. Uh, all right. Let's play a little game called who said it i've got an audio clip i cut it up before our producer came in ben you're gonna guess who it is everyone else listening you're gonna guess who it is if you have a guess as to who it is you're only gonna have about a minute to text in uh don't text and drive rule number one uh but if you want to text in and if you can get this right i don't know you get you get a shout out 989-837-6125 i'm willing to bet nobody nobody gets this one so go ahead and play it they're as good as advertised I said this um, on the radio a second ago. I think they're the best football team I've seen in 11 years of being a head coach. I've never seen a football team like that, that deep. I'm not sure if this is true, but I was told this walking off the field. I think they traveled 75 people and maybe played like 74 of them. I don't know. I mean, 
they've got, they're one of the deepest teams, one of the best teams, one of the biggest teams, fastest teams, strongest teams, and they do not make mistakes. They, they, are, they are truly like a boa constrictor, and they, they do not beat themselves. They're very good at each position. They're very aligned with everything that they do. All right. Any guesses as to who that is? Obviously, it's a coach talking about Michigan. Well, I guess it wasn't obvious it was a coach. I hope it is. Uh, do you have any guesses as to who that was? Is this Washington head coach, Kalen DeBoer? No, it is not. This happened much earlier on in the season. Talking about this Michigan team that is just suffocating to play against. They do not make mistakes. This is an NFL-type defense, and everybody likes to talk about the defense on this team. I want to talk about the offense for just a second, and people, I'll give you 30 more seconds to text in who you think that was. And Ben, if you have another guess too, uh, go ahead. But this Michigan offense, we're going to look back upon it, and it's going to be this legendary defense. Everyone's going to forget how good this offense was. They've scored 30 points in 12 of their 15 games. They scored 40 in five of those games. J.J. McCarthy has thrown for 220 yards five different times. Every time they've needed him to do it, he's done it. The combination of different personnel and formations that this team can switch back and forth between on any given play. First, they line up two tight ends, two running backs, no wide receivers. Next play, they'll come out empty. How do you prepare for that as a defensive coordinator? When you can come out and play bully ball, run it down people's throats, and then you go spread it out wide. Say, come get our wide receivers who really aren't that elite by any means. It's impossible to scheme against. They put up 30 points every week. It is a well-oiled machine, and they're doing it without elite wide receivers. Hell, they're doing it without great wide receivers. Roman Wilson is a good wide receiver at best. He'll get a crack in the NFL, but he's not like this first-round talent that's every, every other great team has. This is a juggernaut of a team, and it's sustainable. Listen, J.J. McCarthy, I think, is a fantastic quarterback. Every time he's asked, been asked to step up, he has. But if you can keep bringing in these offensive linemen, if you can go grab some of these Bama guys, this is going to be a long, sustained run. I'm not saying they win a national championship every year, but they're going to be a perennial contender every year, whether Jim Harbaugh is there or not. If Sharon Moore's the guy, they can do it. Everyone talks about the defense. They outscored Bama, Washington, Iowa, Penn State, and Ohio State, the five teams that finished ranked. Everyone talking, oh, they didn't play anybody this year. Oh. Freaking went 15 and 0, 5 and 0 against ranked teams. They outscored those teams 138 to 72. JJ McCarthy, I, I said it's sustainable. I don't know if it ever gets better than this. JJ McCarthy had a QBR of 89.5, only behind Bo Nix and Jaden Daniels in the entire country. So it was a special offense, too. 989 837 Someone got it. They didn't leave their name, but they figured out who was. You got a, you got a final guess? I just, you know, looked up Big Ten head coaches, and this guy looks like he'd say it the most. Kirk Ferentz. Nope, nope, nope. All right. It was P.J. Fleck. One person got it. You didn't leave your name. You don't get a shout-out. Uh, yeah, P.J. Fleck is actually the person who said that much earlier on in the season. It might have even been last year. I don't even know. I just saw it on social media and was like, yeah, this will be good. Um, shout-out that person. 989 number. Um, yeah, this is a boa constrictor of a team. This is a team... Real hard to play against. They don't beat themselves. If you haven't heard the story about how he, Jim Harbaugh got Mike McDonald and how he got Jesse Minner, fascinating stuff. Mike McDonald and Jesse Minner, the two 
Uh, Jesse Minner's the defensive coordinator right now. Mac, Mike MacDonald was his predecessor. Or, yeah, right? That's the right word. Um, he was the guy before him. He called his brother, John Harbaugh, and said, I need a guy. I need an NFL defense. I need to be able to fix this and beat Ohio State. We've got the personnel. It's just not this Don Brown thing. <laughs> Remember him. We're just going to play man and blitz every play. It's just not working anymore. So he calls up his brother, John, and he sends out two uh, position coaches to Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh says, I like both of these guys. You tell me which one you want. I'll take the other one. John Harbaugh's like, no, you got to pick. Jim Harbaugh ends up deciding on Mike McDonald, who was like a linebacker's coach or secondary coach with the Ravens. He's with Michigan for a couple of years. And then the Ravens hire him back because of the success Michigan had. Well, then Michigan's like, okay, we need another guy. Give us Jesse Minner, who didn't get the job at first, stayed with Baltimore. So these guys have just been flopping back and forth between the Ravens and Michigan. Harbaugh's are on top right now, man. They have brought this NFL defense into college football. And it is rattling teams. Think about what they did in the last four weeks of the season to four great offenses. Uh, maybe not. Maybe Alabama's not great. Alabama was really good this year. Maybe they weren't Alabama of the past, but they're still better than 99% of other teams in college football. They shut down Kyle McCord. They made him transfer. I don't think if, if, if Ohio State wins that game, does Kyle McCord transfer? Probably not. But he saw one looking at Michigan defense and said, get me out of here. That's not happening again. Marvin Harrison's never open. I'm under pressure. It's not working. Then against Bama, it's, oh, you are not going to be able to handle our blitz, Jalen Milrow. We don't trust you to throw the ball down the field. We don't think you're capable of it. Even if you can, our corners are going to lock it down. And they completely took away Jalen Milrow on his legs. Then you're playing a completely different offense in what Washington was able to do this year, throw for 350 passing yards a game. And guess what? Without really blitzing, sending four basically at him the whole time, you were still able to make him uncomfortable. You're getting pressure on him without blitzing, and then when he gets the ball down the field, nobody's open. This secondary was just as good as the front seven. Nobody was creating space. How many times was Roma Dunze open? Once, and he missed it. Twice. He had that fourth quarter 44-yard bomb, and then he got missed a couple of times. Nobody was open. This secondary was locking guys up one-on-one. The, off, or the defense that Jim Harbaugh has brought to Michigan, man, is something special. Nobody has been able to figure it out, and I don't know if anyone will. College kids shouldn't be able to operate this defense. So many times defensive coordinators come and bring these NFL schemes, and the players just don't understand it. It's too complex. They have coached this team so well. They don't mess up. They don't make mistakes. And when you don't make mistakes in college football, you're going to win. You're going to win. Other teams get confused. Quarterbacks can't process it. That's what you saw in the national championship game. Uh, That was Roger. Roger the Raja. The usual trivial information. Sure. Uh, All right. Block of the day. Stay on your toes. There it is. Lock of the day. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. All right. Lock it up. We made money on the Pistons last night. Let's just let's just do it again. Typically, I don't like betting on or against the Pistons. Uh, I did it. I, I've avoided doing it for so long. And then Cade Cunningham got hurt, and I was just like, 
all right, there's just simply no point in still having any sort of hope or confidence that this team's going to win a game. Listen, I was supportive. I watched every game. I just don't think I can do it anymore with, with Kate Cunningham out. Uh, it's ugly. So what I'm going to do, Wembenyama's coming to town today. Um, it's his first time playing the Pistons. <laughs> For as bad as the Pistons are, you know what? I probably am going to watch tonight because Wembenyama is, is such a freak. He's such a phenom. He's such a one-in-one. Um, so I'm going to take Wembenyama's over. Listen, the Pistons give up a lot of points to centers. In fact, 24 points per game. Wembenyama's over-under is sitting at 20 and a half or 21 and a half, depending on what book you have. Uh, if this is a close game, this is essentially a lock. That's what I'm looking through the, the game log of Wembenyama. If it's a close game, he's going to score more than 21 points. And I don't know who's going to guard him. Oh, Jalen Duran. Yeah, right. Um, the only way this doesn't hit if it's a blowout. And the Spurs are so bad, it probably won't be a blowout. So I'm taking Wemby's points tonight. I bet it. Go ahead and bet it too. There you go. That was the lock of the day. Lock of the day. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Uh, Roger chiming in again. Useless. Not usual. Guess that's why you talk and not read his job. <laughs> Could not be more right. <laughs> I hate doing the reads. I'm so bad at them. Uh, okay. That was that a fun show. Tomorrow we're going to do um, some lion stuff because we don't have a show on Friday. John Vicari, he's been absent. Where has he been? Uh, first he was on, you know, holiday breaks. Then he was supposed to go to Vegas. Um, he'll be back, I think tomorrow. Maybe not. Maybe Friday, but he's got a high school basketball game to cover. I'm not sure which one he's covering, but he's doing a high school game on Friday uh, that starts at 530, so we're not going to be able to do the payoff that day. So, if you want a matchups breakdown, if you want a game plan breakdown, we're going to give you a blueprint tomorrow as to what the formula is for the Lions to win. Hint, you've got to score first. You've got to hold a lead. You cannot play Sean McVay from behind. That's tomorrow, though. As of today, great show. Great job, Ben. You did great back there today. All right. That was the payoff, and I hope it was worth it. Thanks for listening to everybody. From the Blazy Electric Studios, this is Sports Radio 100.9, The Mint, WLUN, Pinconning Bay City, Sag.